Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello, you beautiful angels. Welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. I am your host, Colby Marie. It's so nice to be here today. Welcome, 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 you marvelous Mabels, you fecund Felicias, you amazing Aarons. Thank you for uh, joining me for another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. It is a brisk, chilly, some might even say freezing cold day here in Denver, Colorado. We had a couple rounds of snow, which we desperately needed. And it is, it is chilly in my apartment. It was utterly freezing when I took the pup to the park this morning. It tips your fingers inside of your gloves cold. So it's nice to be inside, having a cup of coffee, sitting down to have a little chat with y'all. I uh, hope you're all doing well. What a, just what a couple weeks it's been. We've had a... Uh, Omicron raging across the country, record deaths, hospitalizations are back up. The the political divide over public health continues to rage on. And I I, I, I want to preface this. I'm saying all this because the direction I'm going in today is compassion, and I think one of the first. Let me contextualize this a different way. One of <laughs> I've noticed that I've run out of compassion. I have lower than typical levels of compassion lately. I've felt myself being very frustrated, tired, worried, scared, a bit overextended. And I've really, I decided to take this week off to do a bit of inventory and sitting and not like sitting and numbing. I'm like really sitting, like just sitting and letting myself feel bored, letting myself feel my feelings. And I kind of had this realization that uh, I'm just feeling a little bit low on compassion. You know, I... I intellectually know that we're all doing our best. I intellectually know that this is a hard time for everybody. I I see it in my neighborhood. I see it in my city. I see it in my friendships. I see it in my relationships. I, I can hear it in my family's voices. And so having like just a, a, a pragmatic and realistic outlook kind of to tie back to having realistic expectations 
and when I talked about learning, getting into the flow, the challenges of capitalism, uh, I think having a realistic understanding of the amount of stress that you're being bombarded with is like a good place to start when you're doing, at least for me, when I was doing this compassion inventory, I was like, wow, you know, like, seems like all my friends, everybody I talk to, it's like, be like, yeah, I'm doing good. And then, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation, it's progressed into the really intense feelings that they had the day before that I had. And I think everybody's just kind of worn down. So just starting with some acknowledgement of just, it's the middle of winter. You know, the days are getting longer, which is really hopeful, but there's just been a lot of really stressful things going on. And to go back to that, that intro there, the stress of another variant of Omicron is like at both times hopeful and also very stressful. Deaths are back up. Hospitals are being overwhelmed. The CDC can't seem to get its uh, a handle on uh, how to message safety protocols seems like there's a, just this raging argument about vaccinations. Um, you know, I looked at some charts this week of where we were with the pandemic deaths and hospitalizations and they're back up to peak Delta variant levels, you know, the highest they've been since the vaccine. And, you know, that's just overwhelming. You know, it brings back up all those fears of public places, those fears of being around other people. I did a, I've definitely cut down my social interaction, but I did a yoga class yesterday and I could just feel that I was anxious to be doing something that was meant to bring me some peace and some mental health. And I just noticed that I had to spend a bit of my emotional energy just regulating my nervous system to be in the room or around other people who are breathing. And uh, this is a place where everybody's vaccinated. I'm assuming that, you know, we all share similar political, social ideologies, and it was still a bit stressful. And so another round of a variant from the pandemic, which on, you know, the hopeful side is that like other viruses and like the flu, that it's continuing to mutate and spread and becoming more contagious but less harmful and so that's that's good news but inside of the last two years it just kind of feels like not again you know I limited my contact with some friends had to cancel social events having conversations around exposures and people getting tested and you know I just want to say all this to like you know you're doing a great job, you know, I, I really, at the end of this observation, just about the coronavirus, I had to just pause and say, you know, to myself, I've never been through anything like this before, and, you know, I'm doing my best to stay in my routines, to eat healthy, to stay on top of my mental health, to meditate, to get physical exercise, you know, it's like all the things that you hear or read and that you know if you're on Instagram and you follow mental health threads you know it could easily lead to some shame like why why am I not feeling okay I'm doing everything right and it's 
just this pervasive stress that we've been enduring. And so part of this week that has been nice because I kind of have taken a break from uh, work and I'm working about half time right now was just being able to take a pause feel my feelings about it you know and then just kind of acknowledge that and I think the point of this podcast I think is it's a compassion empathy based theme today and you know, what I'm really noticing is how complex things are now, because not only, you know, if, if you're following the news, like we, I wasn't doing it a ton prior to the pandemic, you know, and I've had my relationship with doom scrolling, but things just seem, the tensions are just high, you know, the people who still believe the election was stolen, I just heard that in Texas, there was a school board that voted to not teach a graphic novel that is kind of like the gold standard for how to teach about the Holocaust. Um, there's just so much anger and vitriol, and I think it's it's a symptom of how worn out we all are because it's hard to give people compassion or empathy when you're inside of your own suffering. And... This is a really huge point, you know, like we've all been just worn down and it's really hard. So empathy is like being able to identify with the feelings and kind of tune in and listen, uh, maybe offer some, you know, active listening where you say, I hear you, that sounds really hard. You know, empathy is kind of this internal sense of uh, concern for others. And it's usually based off of our own experience. And compassion is, you know, a step further where you, you, you take action to, you know, relieve the suffering of others. And it's a really challenging thing to do when you're in your own pain. Um, it made me remember... You know, when I was in my 20s and I was drinking more, using opiates to kind of numb the pain that I was feeling, uh, I couldn't really, uh, nobody else had it as bad as me, <laughs> you know, like nobody else in the world could understand my pain. I couldn't, you know, if I was listening to somebody else talk about their pain, I was kind of thinking about my own pain. And that level of self-obsession is really natural and normal when we're in our own pain. You know, I think anybody who's in a trauma response is, it's like evolutionarily beneficial for them to be narcissistic and only think about themselves because, you know, your, your, your immune system and parts of your brain can't tell the difference between threats at that point. So it really does feel like an issue of survival so saying this to not pathologize anybody who is or has been in that spot um, it, it's psychologically beneficial because you know as an organism I want to live you know? <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a living breathing biological entity that 
has evolutionary evolutionary and adaptive traits that want to keep me alive and when I'm in my own suffering I can't extend that out to helping other people and you know you can and you couldn't couldn't argue that like you know there are there are times where even in your own suffering you could like save somebody else you know like in a burning building you go save somebody's dog or a baby like I think that's all in the moment instinctual crisis kind of uh but when we're just kind of in our own pain, it's really hard to think about other people's suffering. And I would say right now we are all suffering. Um, you know, the U.S. is possibly going to go to war with Russia. Just read today that Taiwan warned the U.S. over Taiwan. Uh, people are quitting their jobs because there's... Know, this kind of mass awakening about the lack of concern for worker well-being that a lot of corporations and institutions have and things just kind of you know we're in this this tumultuous period and things are scary and I think when you're scared it's hard to extend compassion to other people who are afraid and it's been hard for me I've noticed you know, this week, I uh, I was really asking myself the question, like, what happened to, where did my desire to help others go? You know, not that I've lost it, you know, if I see somebody struggling, I'll help them across the street, you know, if somebody's really upset or a friend's in trouble. It's not like it's like gone and I've become a sociopath, but like it used to be a centering drive in my life. And yesterday I took the full day off to just be bored and do whatever felt right. And at some point I started going through old pictures and deleting photos which is if anybody's ever done that you know the, these these clouds these phones they just allow us to take a lot of pictures i have like 15,000 pictures over the past 15 years to go through from my phones and it's it's a thing um and it was really a delightful little practice because i the year i picked 2012 a decade ago was when I got my first teaching job at Denver Children's Home and I was looking at these pictures of me starting to teach and really asking myself like you know what's my purpose I've kind of taken this long healing break you know to go into the the meditative cave of my heart to heal some things and to try to understand clearly what's going on in reality of myself and others and you know when i when i started teaching i remember seeing somebody suffering like me uh, it was a suffering that i understood it was the suffering of of teenagers and children who were made to fit into a box or a system that didn't account for them. It accounted for, you know, the middle, the middle group, but none of the outliers. And as I've continued on in my journeys, whether it's with gender or therapy or trauma, 
education, capitalism, I've noticed that inside of myself, the suffering I most want to help alleviate in others is suffering that I understand. And inside of that journey, right, I, you know, teaching, I was able to see different facets of my suffering, was able to connect with others through their suffering, was able to heal myself in ways that I couldn't have anticipated. And looking through these photos, it was really easy to, I think it's really easy for the mind to be like, well, why aren't we there? You know, why, why don't we feel that, you know, you were so full of energy and you were so alive and, you know, doing like an ominous inventory with the brain is always a bit of work, but I was like, well, yeah, we were, but also we were on a stimulant where I was taking Vyvanse at the time for my ADHD, uh, which I still, I, I think is a, a misdiagnosis and looking back on it, I was kind of knowingly misusing speed to work a full-time job and pay rent and get a master's. Um, so I was medicated, you know, I was, I was in the, the loop of not listening to my body and forcing it probably past its limits uh, with huge crashes, you know. I looked at one picture of myself going into the school to go teach um, and I could just see it in my eyes, I was exhausted. I was just like, I, I could just see the sadness in my eyes. I could see the the burnout setting in. And this is seven years before I ended up quitting teaching. And so going back to that time and thinking about my relationship to compassion and the ways in which I was drawn towards compassion. I was drawn to a specific flavor of compassion and it was the compassion of helping others with things that I had struggled with. And I think that's, this is pretty normal, you know, maybe you listening can identify with that, you know, whether it's sexual trauma or alcoholism or eating, uh, overworking, you know, any number of things. Like, I feel like it's, it's a beautiful part of the hardwiring of humans is that once we kind of understand something, we want to share it. You know, once we heal, we want to share that healing with the world and with others. And I think that's really beautiful. And thinking back on that, I, I was like, you know, that, that, that drive isn't gone, right? Like I have this podcast <laughs> and... I uh, have gotten better about my boundaries and, you know, my energetic boundaries and not just like uh, getting as depleted as I was in that picture I was looking at. Um, but just all that to say, you know, that was a, a pre-pandemic world that we were living in and that was a, a time in which you know, it seemed like there was a lot of hope for the future. And I remember that hope really fueling me, you know, the hope of having a steady paycheck, the hope of having a retirement, the hope of someday buying a house, the hope of 
all of these things were kind of fuel. And right now I feel like that hope is a bit scarce, you know, like you can't buy a house unless you make a hundred thousand dollars a year in Denver period. Um, most people are living in poverty or rent poor and it's hard to really see a way out of that because it seems like the people we've trusted to be in charge of us don't really have our best interests in mind you know whether it's the CDC relaxing its recommendations and you know accepting a certain amount of elderly and disabled and BIPOC loss inside of the pandemic which feels really creepy um, to 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 employers not really valuing their you know the the physical well-being of their employees you know and I think the mental emotional well-being of employees is something that has come into vogue you know trainings on empathy and compassion are part of a lot of workplaces um, but realizing at the end of the day that it's about making money it, it, it just feels like there's it feels like there's a hope scarcity and so I was really curious about okay so I've got this week I'm taking some days off I have the energy to like fold my clothes and do my dishes and you know some basic stuff that has felt like just absolutely draining the past couple months and I was like well how do I how do I re how do I access that that compassion, that empathy again. How do I, do I want to, you know? Is that something, is that a, a move I wanna make for my career? But I, I came to the determination that I wanna do it when I don't feel it, I feel really disconnected. I feel disconnected from myself, I feel disconnected from others. And I wanted to, just start taking small steps to start exercising that muscle again and I think that there are lots of little ways that we can do this I remember <clears throat> when I used to uh, work in a grocery store I noticed that you know everyone's on autopilot right you're on your phone you're listening to music you're in a rush um, and I noticed right like hey how's your day people are like good okay you know, and then kind of go back to their head. But if you take a moment and pause and make eye contact and ask a second time, you know, how are you doing? Or, you know, how's your day been? And make it intentional, like kind of turn your attention. Then all of a sudden there's a connection. In my experience of that when I was younger, people really want to connect and share and they want to feel empathy. They want to be heard. You know, I do. And so, like, just kind of stepping into that again you know just some basic human interactions because um, we've been so cut off from each other and remembering the importance of that and trying to really take a moment and be present when it's available uh, I think that was like the easiest place for me to think to start and then kind of going through you know either with a therapist or journaling or with a loved one someone who's safe going through and really practicing self-compassion you know we only have available to other people 
like what we give to ourselves. And I know that inside of the pandemic, it's felt like I've had this experience of feeling like I've regressed in a lot of ways, like a lot of the ways I used to feel about things and the amount of space I had for other people and all of that. And it, it's been hard not to beat myself up about that or feel like I've done something wrong. But that's just not the truth. And, you know, like really practicing self-compassion, practicing self-awareness, like how are you talking about yourself in your head? How are you talking about others is also a good clue. Uh, at least it can be a good you know, like for me it was a good temperature read when I got like disproportionately upset with some friends this week I was like oh this is like maybe a sign that you're exhausted maybe this is a sign that you need to just pause and clear your calendar and just kind of focus on just uh, finding some stillness and some ground underneath you before you move out again and Inside of practicing, you know, the, those pieces of self-awareness, I think that you can start to ask yourself questions about where you're not compassionate, where that comes from. You know, that's, that's really helpful for me. You know, I, I know a lot of my internal negative self-talk comes from my dad and the way I was raised and the way I was raised to think about myself and his worldview. So I can trace some of it to that. I can trace it to... Uh, you know, personal insecurities that I have that are stemmed from social conditioning, like you're a failure if you're 45 years old and you're just figuring out what a boundary is or learning to trust yourself at 45, that there's not a linear path to healing. I'm kind of looking to see where I'm not practicing compassion with myself. And I know it it may be cliche, but if, if I can't do it with myself, it's going to be fake or disingenuous or controlling or manipulative if I'm practicing that with other people. And not to say that compassion, you know, like, for example, like, if you're doing nice things to get things from people, that's manipulation. And not to say that you don't fake it till you make it, you know, like for years and years and years, I didn't realize that a big part of what I was doing with helping and being a successful teacher was getting the social benefit of being seen as a helper, a healer. You know, you tell someone at a dinner party, oh, I teach special ed literacy to high schoolers at an at-risk school. And it's like, oh, my God, thank you for your work. It is just that is such a hard job. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, oh. You are so underpaid. You are just so underpaid. Just, how do you do it? And you're like, yeah, how do I do it? I'm fucking awesome. I'm fucking so awesome. Look at how awesome I am. Everybody thinks I'm awesome. And so, you know, like that's not to undo the work or the benefit of faking that one until you make it and, you know, helping. Not to say, you know times when I helped like it wasn't all that and like there was genuine connection there were genuine relationships but learning that you know sometimes I would get my partner a glass of water so that they would you know feel good and maybe I'd get a hug and this is all like super subconscious shit that is like come to me through like meditating and like deep levels of self-awareness and mindfulness but really getting in there and seeing 
that unless I can be compassionate, right, even with that part of myself that wanted, you know, to be on stage while I was helping, that wanted to receive awards for how good a helper I was, like being compassionate with that part of myself means like accepting it, understanding it, not demonizing it, uh, working towards, you know, a, a more selfless place of action. Um, but really cultivating an awareness around how I view the world, you know, and right now I view it as a scary place. And I know that that is and isn't true. I know that that always has been true. Um, things are out of my control. But if I can be compassionate with myself, then it really helps with other people. And, you know, and this is this is one I really think that it's like, okay, to fake it till you make it, you know, get a bowl of affirmations, you know, you can buy these online, there are tons of beautiful people out there making affirmation kits, my friend Lady Speech used to do it and sell them, I don't know if she's still doing it, but like, she was like one of the first people I ever saw do that as a part of like her offering to the world and what she shared was she would just read affirmations to people and have them repeat them back and it was like super powerful and I think rewiring the brain to see yourself clearly is really a powerful tool and I think it's okay to fake it till you make it um, so like really just accepting where you're at knowing your limits knowing when you're you know like I don't have the ability to be compassionate if I'm hungry and tired and scared like it's probably going to be really hard there's a great acronym in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous called HALT hungry angry lonely tired and it's like anytime you're hungry angry lonely you're tired you should beware of beware of taking a drink and it, it it's it's because in those those states like it's easier to go to your uh, destructive coping tools but I think HALT is a good acronym for anything it's like you know am I capable of listening to my friend talk you know like the other day I was really tired and a friend called and this is a dear friend we have a beautiful relationship and I thought it was just gonna be kind of like a light conversation then about halfway in it turned into like her really venting quite a bit about the pandemic and I it was all like super reasonable and understandable but I was just out of spoons I was out of straws I, I was exhausted I and like about halfway into the talk I was just like oh my god I can't I just can't I can't like and I started noticing part of my brain wanting to protect me and being like this is stupid I want it like what the fuck and I was like okay like we're just tired we're just tired Colby this person isn't doing anything wrong we're just tired, you know, you can ask to leave this this conversation gracefully, but I didn't really have, the point being is I didn't have the energy for the size of emotions that my friend had. Um, and so that self-awareness in that moment really saved me a lot of bitterness, it allowed me to stay connected with some amount of empathy and a little bit of compassion, you know, I was able to respond and then, you know, at some point I just... I let the let them know how I was feeling and was like, listen, I'm pretty tired, you know, can we continue this conversation another time? 
So halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It's tough to be compassionate when you're not rested, when you're afraid, which I think we all are right now. Um, so really slowing down to like know where you are and what you're capable of. Um, you know, it's tough to admit that there's suffering. You know, it's tough to admit that admit that like suffering is inevitable. It's it's a part of the fabric of reality. It's like a really important stitch. It seems like for human beings, like it's like this the linchpin of reality for humans is that like we're all going to experience suffering we're going to experience fear we're going to experience pain we're going to experience illness we're going to experience loss so like getting your head around like that's something we all have in common you know and we're all going through this and trying our best um i don't want to get too teachy here but there's you know you can read online and there's a lot of like uh research tested compassion practice and i think compassion and empathy it's a it's a social skill that we teach children some people make it out of childhood without it you know they're they're narcissists they're sociopaths they're people who are so far into their trauma where it doesn't seem like they can access their humanity or their compassion um i just want to be straight up like anybody who is exhibiting the symptoms or behaviors of a narcissist is probably somebody who is suffering from trauma and in a trauma response all the time um, because anybody who's triggered is a narcissist. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Um, you, you only care about your safety if you're having a PTSD episode. Um, so you can do like, you know, their compassion training uh, programs, there's journaling, there's, uh, you know, really just like asking people how they're doing and giving a shit to me is like one of the biggest compassion, compassionate thing practices that I do, like at the grocery store, putting down your phone and being like, everybody here has a full life and has worries and concerns and loved ones that they're worried about right now. Uh, they're scared about the future too like unless you have billions of dollars right now like everybody's probably freaking out and that's okay um but it just it feels like there's a bit of a compassion desert right now i just i keep having these moments where i'm like i just wish somebody would bring me some soup and give me a snuggle and help me i'm just i'm so alone um, and it's hard, you know, it, like it creates more disconnection and disconnection is a huge root of, you know, lack of compassion. Um, you know, just doing mindfulness things, watching your thoughts throughout the day, uh, being honest about your energy levels, um, watching movies, you know, there's so much fear in the news right now. Like it's hard to be compassionate about anything. So it's just like fear, 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 fear. Um, so yeah, try self-awareness. You can like set an intention. Like for me, like setting the intention this week of being like, I'd like to do an inventory about my desire to help others. I'd like to sit with it for a minute, see where I'm at time and space with it and then see what 
what I can do or if I want to do anything to invigorate those 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 feelings of compassion the desire to help you know or is it just enough right now that I'm compassionate when I have the energy because of what's going on globally and uh, in society you know I, I, I getting in touch with my intention to heal and connect with others you know I think healing happens in relationships so if I'm if I'm feeling a lack of compassion there's probably not a lot of healing going on for me or other people um, yeah like read articles about this I don't know like give yourself a break for not being compassionate like really letting myself be angry you know and being in touch with my emotions I mean like yeah shit is hard right now you know like I can't think of an aspect of my personal life like where things don't feel a little bit more challenging you know you can get help talk to a therapist talk to friends and like as always just be compassionate towards yourself like we're living through a hard time you know I was I took the whole day off yesterday to just rest I did some yoga meditated had some nice food hung out with my dog and you know it was the first time in a long time I just did whatever felt right next and I was noticing at the end of the day I went into my bedroom and there was a bunch of dirty clothes or unfolded clothes on the bed and I had this moment where I was like I could just throw those on the floor and then I was like wait I actually have the energy to hang these up and it was like the biggest gift inside of the pandemic just to have a day off and then have the energy to fold my pants put away some socks and then lay down and read you know it, it's been a while like I think we've all been surviving this for so long you know there's a new Omicron variant out which could be good but it'll probably be bad before it's good there's so much going on that like you know I haven't had the energy to do basic routine stuff you know like put the salt shaker back where it goes after I salt my eggs in the morning you know just going into the kitchen and seeing this trail of like exhaustion <laughs> and then having to clean it up at some point you know I used to doing this inventory and thinking about those those times 10 years ago I really started practicing mindfulness then and like got really disciplined about like folding my clothes and putting my shoes in the same place keeping my kitchen clean and I've been like kind of hard low-key hard on myself about that for the past two years you know like oh god another pile of clothes why don't you just put these away you know how to fold clothes but giving myself the compassion around like what we're going through psychologically the fact that you know, it's not like I'm having a, a, a crisis in my life and times are normal and I've got 10 friends whose lives are pretty stable that I can, like, depend on or just go be around to be around other people with regulated nervous systems. Like, we're all not doing okay. And, like, just putting up my clothes last night, I had the realization, I'm like, this has been so hard. And to all of you listening, it has. It's been extraordinarily hard, you know, and... If people are giving you a hard time about it, you know, maybe move away from those people. Like, you can only heal 
with safe people you know if like your parents or people from other generations are like you guys are too soft like they're not safe people like point blank they're just they're either numbing or avoiding or not in touch with their feelings and you know we're on this trajectory of you know generations that are more in touch with how they feel want more quality of life and like that's cool that's super dope so uh yeah i hope this was helpful i hope this gave you like a little a little compassion you know this has been really hard and yeah i hope you get a day to yourself just to like be with your own feelings you know take a break from instagram or the scrolling take a break from your obligations take a break from reaching out to friends or checking in on people like just spend a day or two or a week or a month or however long you need like with yourself like taking care of yourself it's really important so it's my little uh little snowy day snowy day check-in with y'all thank you all so much for being here i uh, really appreciate all my listeners thank you so much uh, this is a listener supported podcast small independent one person team here uh yeah and you guys support me through patreon through listenership through getting the word out sharing on social media leaving reviews on itunes instagram following all that good stuff and if you uh, feel called to to sponsor you know become a patron you can go over my patreon page www.patreon.com forward slash turning of the bones become a monthly member and if if you don't have the money to do that that's okay i'm gonna keep putting these out for free uh hope you all have a lovely day wherever you are whenever this finds you and that you can be be sweet to yourself because you know what you're doing great maybe go back and listen to uh you're doing great that episode feels uh feels like it might be worth revisiting so take care of yourselves have a lovely day be well mm-hmm.